0: Lock Talk Radio. When I would do good, evil is always present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. I'm ready
1: for the fight of my life. Start the record. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, we have a brother with us tonight. i tell you what, Brian, I'm going to say this. I got so many emails and so many messages on Facebook just wanting to know if the brother was married. Now, all (laughs) the stuff that he's doing, Brian... all the stuff that all the stuff that he's doing out there, everybody wants to know if he's married. I'm like, well, what about all the other stuff that he's doing? Uh, yeah, I see that too. That's that's attracting too. But I want to—is he married? I'm like, listen to the show. You'll find out if you listen to the show. I never I never tell anybody anything. I tell them, listen to the show. You might learn something. You might get something out of what the brother has to say. So, uh, uh, I'll just say a lot of people are listening tonight. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. A lot of people are listening, so we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun, Brian.
2: Absolutely. Let's hope they get something positive out of the show.
1: You I'm know, sure they
2: uh will. well I know they will. So yeah. you know, Greg, as we've been doing the, for the past couple of months now, I wanna make sure people don't forget about the nation of Haiti. You know, they've gone through some, you know, horrific devastation in the last few months. Um and right now they're in the season of uh, they're in their flood season, and you also have to remember that this is hurricane season. And so they have tremendous odds every year in and of itself, you know, and to add the devastation that's gone on, you know, we want to remember them in our thoughts and our prayers, you know, if you can financially as well. You know, don't forget about Haiti. That's what I have to say tonight, and that's what we've been, you know, chiming every week on the Abundance Solutions hour. But Greg, absolutely, we've got a great show we got a power for brother you know i've been uh reading up on him and i can tell you that woo wee i can't yeah. wait to get this brother on to talk to him and just you know get some insight from him you know see where his mind is cuz you know it's it's always we you know we always have fun when we have brothers on the show and that's not a disrespect to the ladies you know but it's a beautiful thing when brothers can talk about something positive you know and meaningful
1: yeah. you know
2: if you know what i mean and i know you know what i mean greg
1: Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's but uh, bring let's
2: bring this brother on. I want to introduce him. He's a special guest tonight. He's a spoken word artist, a syndicated columnist, a motivational speaker, and he's also a poet and a best-selling author. And his name is H. Ronald Roseboro, but he's better known as Zion. And I can tell you, I'm not going to even say anything else about this brother. I'm going to bring him on because I just want to talk to him and just get some insight from him. Brother, welcome to the Ivana Solutions Hour. Well,
0: man, thank you so much for having me, Greg and Brian.
1: Thank you for coming, man. Thank you for coming. Man, I've been all over your website. It's zionspeaks.com, dot com z i o n s p e a k z dot com. You know, yes. a lot of ladies heard that, so they're going on your website now. Um, <laughs> I, I want, I want, I wanted to ask you about this statement that you have. The strength of a community is found in the preparation of its youth. Man, yes. that's so that's so powerful. Yes, Th- that is so powerful. Tell us, where in the world did you come up with that? Where did you get that?
0: Well, um, actually, I- I'm working right now um, in-, in my city of Charlotte. I'm working um, with with the mayor. I was selected to to work on a coalition by the name of WCNC, which stands for West Charlotte Mentoring Coalition and it's a group of individuals that will not allow a, uh, allow a high school here uh West Charlotte High School to um to, to suffer ruin um uh, pretty much 50% of the incoming freshman class will drop out okay. and um it's primarily um African American males that that we're speaking of and um we just will not allow this to happen um we uh we, we We think that it's an obligation, not only an obligation but a but a huge uh, responsibility that that the business community, the religious community, and the civic community band together to uh, uh, produce mentors for these young freshmen coming in to walk them through the process of uh, of high school and the evolution of manhood so that they can live productive uh, lives and fruitful lives. Uh, beyond high school, but especially graduating from high school, because the bottom line is if if they drop out of high school, then they're going to drop in prison. Mm. Wow.
2: Now, brother, you said 50%.
0: Yes. Wow. Actually, it's 51%, according to the Charlotte Observer newspaper um, that posted an article on West Charlotte High School, and this particular high school is dead last among all of the high schools in mecklenburg county
2: wow that yeah that's to me that's like I, i'm gonna say that's crazy
0: yeah it is it, it, it is It is. i mean
2: to imagine that 50 51 of, percent of high school freshmen will not graduate
0: yes wow yes and not only that i mean it's such a sad testimony to you know a lot of the sisters that are out there um that that are filling the colleges and universities of higher learning you know what will they have to look for you know as as it relates to um, uh, you know a, a male who would have more to offer them than just the physical the physicality of life you see bringing something more to the table and so it it affects us all um yeah. male female cross gender um, it affects us all um, uh, from an economy standpoint. So this is something again that we just can't idly just sit back and just allow it to happen. But we must uh, we must mobilize, and, and that's what we're doing.
2: Yeah, you know, brother, I'm just thinking just from a a purely economic standpoint. You know, if you don't if you have kids that don't graduate, you know, just like you said, they're almost twice as I think it's if they if they uh, fail one grade, they're fifty percent more likely to drop out, and if they fail two grades, they're ninety percent more likely to drop out, and they and they also I think the statistics that I've read in the past, not for your, necessarily for your area, but it says that they're three times more likely to commit a crime if they drop out of high school by age sixteen. Right. And so, when you look and at, at it from an economic standpoint, the criminal activity would I would think would triple. For each kid, that drops
0: out. Right. Absolutely. I think by the time that they re- that they reach, uh, adolescents reach, uh, or children, that is, reach the fourth grade, that they have a, uh, an assessment uh, that they do, that they conduct. And when I'm saying they, I'm speaking of the school system, that they'll be able to, to judge the mannerism and the test scores of um, adolescents, um, uh, children, by the time that they get to fourth grade level, And and based on the low test scores, that they will be able to equate how many will actually fill up prison cells. And with that, they'll be able to, 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 to make a huge projection in how many prisons that they would actually have to build to accommodate this new population explosion of adolescent or children that are failing in the fourth grade. So... Um, the system is already planning ahead, and so likewise we have to make a counter move and plan ahead to stop it. So we cannot allow um, uh, uh, prominent youth who have un, un, uh, uh, untapped potential on the inside to uh, to fill up prisons and, and and to enrich the pockets of many, because this is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and. Um, so, you know, we, we have a responsibility and an obligation to, uh, to circumvent this system and to allow these young adults to live a productive and positive life.
1: Yes. And you know what? I think what's so important that you, that you mention that this is a business, when, when people hear that, they cringe and they're like, oh, my goodness, no one would do that. Are you kidding me? Like you said, these people are, are building their prisons based on what a kid is doing in the fourth grade. That's how they're building these things, and it is a lot of money. This is a lot of money. This is money we're talking about. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It, and what are you telling the parents uh, as far as um, trying to help these youth? What are you saying to uh, keep them engaged and to keep them uh, thinking that, uh, knowing that school is important and, and, and trying to show them that they have a future? What are some of the things that you guys are doing?
0: Well, I, I, think, I think that, you know, I think it's it's, it's you know, erroneous for us to think that education begins in the school. Um, education really begins in the home and instruction begins in the school. And I think mm-hmm. that there should be a partnership between the parents and mentors and, and those who, 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 who have an who, who invested interest in the youth um, to, to unite um, for, for this particular cause because this is, a, this is detrimental to the community, it's detrimental to our country. And so I think that when we begin to see this as being a crisis, um, you know, we can't help but to really move into action. And so, therefore, it should be a partnership between the schools and as well as the parents and and, and those who uh, want to support this cause to see uh, these youth on the right track and
2: stay on the right track. Wow. You know, bro, I'm still stuck on... The fifty percent—that is, wow—I yes. couldn't so, imagine that.
0: So we have an incoming class uh, of six hundred um, freshmen, incoming freshmen that will be enrolling in West Charlotte High School. So that means that half of them will 100. graduate; three hundred will graduate, and the other three hundred—what will happen to them? And so, um, again. This is something that 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 we can just not accept. This is unacceptable.
2: You know, here my question, and I don't know if you can, you, if you can even answer it. But how does a school board even allow something like that to get that bad before they try to do something about it? And why would it even take a coalition? Mm-hmm. To try to circumvent that, why wouldn't that be something that would come from the school board?
0: I would well, think that that's, that's,
2: even the board of education would be right. addressing that issue.
0: That, that's that's a very good and profound question. And this this particular coalition was uh, the, the vision keeper is Ron Leeper, and the one spearheaded it uh, uh, is, uh, is is Mayor Anthony Fox. And uh, this is aside from the school board and and as you eloquently put it, this is an issue that the school board uh should should find horrifying and should move into action, but it is not uh for whatever reason and we you know we also know that there are you know disparaging figures uh that point to the fact that the achievement gap. Gets wider and wider when it when, when you deal with certain districts or certain schools on a on a particular side of town versus the other side of town. Um, the resources are not uh, 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 adequately dispersed um, as, as as well as materials. There there was a particular situation in this in this particular high school that I am mentioning that they didn't even have adequate textbooks. They had to zero copies of a textbook and disperse them amongst the children this is unacceptable but if you go on the other side of town you will see that 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 the buildings are illustrious that the uh, the resources are abundant and that the uh, the, the the teachers are 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 uh more than qualified uh so this is again uh this is unacceptable across the board and it's sad It's it's, it's sad and it's sickening that it would take a coalition and the mayor of of, of this city to say, you know what, this has got to end, and I I, I must start a a coalition to to address this issue rather than the school board itself.
1: And you know what, the the sad thing is those same people that are running for office at that school board are the same people that come in our churches every year during election time, and you don't see them before that. But they come in, and I think it's a slap in the face. I mean, churches can do what they want. The pastor if they want to bring them in, they can bring in. They can do that. That's that's their business. But they need to be held accountable. How can you give more to one and expect more from the others that have less? Right. It it just doesn't work that way.
0: You're right. I, I, I think it's, it's it's really it's really sad, and I think that as as, as a body of believers, those of us who follow Christ, um, that that we must uh, uh, place a demand on these elected issues. First of all, they're working for us. They're working for hire, and we hire them to represent the constituents. And if in fact that you're unwilling or unable to represent the constituents within your district, then that tells us clearly that you are not the individual to hold that office, to hold that post, and, and, and we must denounce you and we must remove you. Um, these individuals should not be allowed to parade and sashay into our churches. To, uh, it's almost a form of prostitution, if you will, that these individuals would come in to try to uh, gain votes from us, uh, yet still they don't have the best interest uh, of our children at heart. Uh, this is, again, unacceptable behavior, and I think that uh, this is something that, that a lot of churches should reevaluate, and we yes. should hold these individuals accountable.
1: Yes, yes. Hmm. And you know what? The thing is, it's almost, I mean, to the kids, they see through this. They see through this. You know, and adults are saying, okay, this is politics. This, this is the way politics is done. Kids don't see it that way. They look at the sincerity of the situation and the person that they're dealing with. They've Mm -hmm. never seen this person before unless they get in some type of trouble and have to go before the board or or they see their name on something saying that they've been suspended or taking some type of action against them. But when it comes down to helping them, they don't see these people. Mm -hmm. And, and, and And I agree with you that they should be held accountable because they work for the people, not for themselves. They work for the people. And, man, I, I tell you what, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing because somebody needs to stand up and say, listen, what are you going to do for this school system over here? We know what you're doing for the other one over there. You're doing more for the one that don't need the help than you're doing for the one that really need the help. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, even if you look at, you know, from a biblical standpoint, that this type of uh, um, um, Lawlessness has been going on since the beginning of time. That, that, uh, even in Israel, how the Assyrians and the Babylonians and other nations that, 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 that took, uh, the Israelites in captivity or in exile. That took them in prison. They took the very best, the cream, the cream of the crop, uh, of the Israelites. They took the philosophers. They took those who specialized in medicine. They took those who specialized in brick, brick masonry and architect, the greatest minds, to help build up their kingdoms, to help build up Babylon, to help build up Assyria on the very backs of the slaves and to take their technology and their mindsets to help to flourish their generations to come. We see the, uh, the same uh, uh, story. We see the same blueprint being replayed even now. And what we're basically saying that we we refuse to allow the greatest minds and these uh individuals who have untapped potentials these youngsters to 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 go into a prison system to build it up to enrich uh the pockets of uh district inter- uh, district attorneys and and magistrates and and, and, and all those who benefit from on, on the backs of those who are investing in a uh, a system by free labor uh, because we see the potential in them, and, and we're going to remind them of the potential that's in them, and we're going to do whatever is necessary to make sure that they don't fall through the cracks and they don't end up in a sale to
2: build up a system that is designed for their demise. Now, I'm going to tell you, brother, you you, you gave me a whole different look and view Mm -hmm. of how they're being treated. You know, because I'm going to be honest. I used to have this mindset, and you actually just gave me a new perspective. I used to have a mindset of if you did a crime, then you needed to do the time and no exceptions. And, you know, just listening to you talk about this, it's almost seemed as though by design that they're pushing our youth towards crime, towards criminal activity, you know, and it actually happens on the lower socioeconomic levels, more so than for more affluent families. And, you know, and that's that's an obvious fact, you know. But my question is, you know, I, I understand the whole school system portion, you know, and the fact that they're twice as likely to commit crimes, but, you know, there are some kids who are trapped because of their socioeconomic, you know, status, you know, and let me I, I'm going to ask you about with the coalition, are, are you guys even exploring the idea of addressing those factors as well? Because it's not just a school system, it's really a, a community that needs to be enriched, enhanced, and, you know, and cultivated. So that when these kids, they could be going to the best schools, but if they're coming home to a community that doesn't believe or doesn't, you know, have their best intentions in mind, they sort of get sucked in.
0: Right. Well, I I just want to say that I I do believe that if you do the crime, then, of course, you have to, you know, you you have to repay that debt and you have to do the time. But as you indicated, I mean, that there, there are so many different dynamics that point to the fact and the realization that there is no equity in the judicial system. Um, we can see just uh, from the mere uh, uh, fact that uh, doing uh, uh, the Clinton administration, uh, the so-called first black president that he instituted a, uh, a maximum minimum law that gave so much discretion to the judges and at the same time one could get caught with powder cocaine and receive a less a lesser sentence than one who received crack uh, who, who, who was uh, caught with crack cocaine or trafficking or even possession, uh, possession of crack cocaine so we see the disparaging figures that are there and of course uh, uh, the majority of individuals who possessed crack cocaine or that were tra- uh, trafficking crack cocaine, or were uh, people of color. Um, so when we when we see this type of thing, one thing the coalition uh, is, is is really zeroing in on and focusing on uh, being mentors uh, as well as offering tutorial services for the youth, um, because a lot of a lot of the youth they are facing um, tremendous um, obstacles uh, at home uh domestic obstacles uh domestic violence um and 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 you have several uh uh children that are homeless so what is more important to a homeless child uh the next uh, the next meal trying to find out the next meal or where he or she is going to lay their head under a bridge or in a box or my math homework so uh these are are, are are situations and these are circumstances that that we are addressing because there's the emotional side of it and where the business community comes in uh, of doctors and lawyers and architects and and, and people who have uh, who have uh, who have prospered in the business world that they're offering offering not just hope and not just a a kumbaya uh type of statement uh but to show these individuals that you can make it and I'm going to take you to my office area to show you where I work, but I'm going to also show you where I came from. And so to give them not just a, a glimpse of hope, um, but to, to, to pretty much uh, walk them hand uh, and hand in hand uh, throughout the process and to, and to give them the necessary uh, jewels that they would need in order to become
2: successful and entrepreneurs themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> You know, I can recall when um, my pastor was working with some um, youth that had been in trouble with the law, and when he talked with them, he said, you know, you guys have the opportunity to, you know, make money, and you don't have to do it the illegal way, and one of the things he did was he, he, to show them that they could make legal money is that he did a car wash at the church, and I went out, and I helped them, and We washed about fifty cars, I would guess. I I didn't. I I stopped counting, you know. But each one of those kids made roughly about eighty dollars a piece, and they were like, "Man, we only worked four hours and we made eighty dollars." And I, I told them, I said, "Do y'all realize that it takes me longer to make eighty dollars than we did out here?" (laughs) And I have a regular job, (laughs) you know. And they were just so happy and enthused. And one of the kids was saying, "Well, heck, I think I'm gonna wash cars next weekend." You know, and and it gave them an it gave them an out when they thought all they could do was go and you know do what they did to get in trouble mhm, mhm you know yeah, and
0: and we have to we have to also you know instill and 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 you're absolutely right that there's nothing wrong with hard work, and um you know nothing comes easy and no and nobody's gonna give you anything um so uh, but 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 to build build up within them the self determination um, and the resilience to bounce back once you face hard times that you can do it because the bottom line is that if you don't believe in you who else will and right. so um, you know you're absolutely right I mean and but but to take their skills and to take their their their, their places of interest uh, to a whole another level you have youth that are not interested in going to a four year institution right but you but you also have youth that are brilliant from the standpoint that they can they they can dismantle a computer and put it right back together mhm <laughs> and not and not miss not miss a screw, not miss anything everything is placed back in order that is a gift that is a that is a huge talent that is a money maker, so yeah. if they can take that knowledge and understand the business side of it all as far as bookkeeping and accounting, you have a million-dollar business. And so this is what we're trying to instill the youth, to not just uh, uh, go to school, be it vocational school or be it a a four-year institution or master's, if you want to go beyond that, but don't go to school to be an employee. Go to school to be an employer.
2: Yes.
1: You know what, the sad thing is, Ron, uh, they won't give. they won't, they don't have enough time to really, they don't spend enough time to get to know these kids beyond them being in trouble, because that's all they see, and they don't know their they don't know these kids' story. A lot of these kids go through things that most adults will probably commit suicide over. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids are homeless, like you said. Some of these kids have seen their father or mother killed. They don't yeah. know their story, so... They shouldn't write them off just because of what's on the news or what's on television or what they're doing. Find out why this kid is doing what he's doing. Something is wrong. There's an issue there somewhere. And if you don't show these kids love, you can forget it. This is going to continue. And like Brian said, it's almost as if they're caught in a cycle where a lot of people feel that they should be in right now and they shouldn't be helped. We all know that some of the brightest and smartest kids right now are those that are in the system, that are being locked up, that are doing this, that are doing that, and it's a flat-out shame because I, I know that you see a lot of smart kids, and I know you just, when you're in there talking to them, I know you're thinking, you, you shouldn't even be in here. What is it that made you do what you did? Now, and, 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 again, I, I want you to touch on how smart and how bright these kids are.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're absolutely a bright. God doesn't make any trash nor junk. He's very strategic in his creation. You have individuals that are very artistic, um, that 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 are uh, that are visionary. You have individuals. You have leaders. You know. You have. Um, uh, Fannie Lou Hamers, You have Martin Luther King. You have Sir Jonah Truth and Harriet Tubman. You have all of those individuals, uh, with the potential on the inside to be the leaders of tomorrow. They just don't know how to tap into it. They just haven't been properly shown. You know, just like the Bible says, how will they, you know, uh, how will they heal without a preacher? and How can one preach except it be sent? So, you know, we have to, to be able to cultivate that within them um you have individuals i mean with all types of talents and gifts that are just so raw and uh you know but, but without the maturity but but that but that comes with experience and that comes with time and that comes with uh uh you know just you know one on one type of mentorship and uh you know the, the bottom line is that not too many youth um uh, uh you know can end up like Paris Hilton you know, or Lindsay Lohan and just you know, do some time in jail and now they out again back to the million dollar home. Or TI, you know, can do a year in prison and come out, you know, you're still making money. Uh, these individuals, they go in broke and come out broke. Okay. Or, or worse. With a stigma, uh, like a scarlet letter A on their chest. And so, uh, you're absolutely right. Th- th- these are the cream of the crop. These are the leaders of tomorrow. And, uh, and, and, and so, uh, we, we we just find it so necessary and and so vital to reinvest in them because it could be the next president Barack Obama it could be the next Michelle Obama it could be i mean the, i mean the next Charles Drew so uh, uh we don't we don't just uh, write them off like society does and we understand that society is making a lot of money off of their ignorance and off of their backs um uh, but at the same time you know we are we are taking a stand and saying well n- not this generation you know, and so we're gonna just uh, do all that we can to try to circumvent that, and to try to um, show them that that we love you, and we believe in you, and we invest in you, because we have hope in you.
1: That's powerful. That's that, that's so powerful. Brian, I want to do something real quick. I, I can hear the passion in his voice and your voice, and I know that you're sincere about what you're doing. And I, I, I wanted to read a little something really quick that it caught my attention. Has been on my mind. The entire time that I was on your site the other day, since last week, on and off, I've been going and reading. Uh, You have on here, there's a little boy on the inside of me. He cries often, especially when he sees self-love and self-esteem lying in a coffin. Silent wimples slice through the night. In the crevice of darkness is where he dwells, crouching between loneliness and pain, still bearing the scarlet marks of molestation stain eagerly peeking through a window of liberty, wanting to go outside and get wet in the rain. Brother that's that that's so deep that sounds like to me that's where your passion comes from.
0: Absolutely. I mean I can you know I, I can put myself on blast when, when when the time is right and when need be to uh to to make myself very um uh transparent, vulnerable, uh but Relatable, you know, that one can I can relate to to another, Um, because I I know how it is. I mean, I I know how it is to you know to 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 have have uh, be a survivor of molestation. I know how it is to try to search through manhood, and um, and 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 uh, not being properly shown by a male figure in my life, and having to try to wing it myself, and not hitting more so than missing. And making huge mistakes and and breaking hearts and 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 and, uh, and 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 dire need of of healing inner healing of my soul and even of my spirit. So um, when I when I look in the eyes of these young men, um, I see myself. But at the same time, I know that if God did it for me, and He has a plan for my life, don't you know that He's not a respecter of persons? that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. We do. He doesn't change his mind. We do it all the time. But if we but just believe that we have a purpose, that we have a date with destiny, not only a date with destiny, we got a marriage with destiny, and to bring forth the fruit that the world needs, um, then they'll be able to understand that um, regardless of what you go through in life, no matter how far and how low you have fallen, you must pick yourself back up, and you must dust yourself off, and God will empower you
2: to perfect you to reach your purpose. Yes, sir. That's the ticket, brother. That That's is the it. ticket right there. That's it. And the most, the most profound part of that whole statement is He will perfect you. <laughs> that, you know, and it's funny, I, I don't want to get too far off subject, but I can remember having a conversation with some youth, and I asked them, could they be perfect? And they said, nobody's perfect. And I said, that's not true. I said, there were a lot of perfect people. And it's like, no, you can't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. And so I showed them in the Bible where there were several instances where God called people perfect.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And... He even said, be ye perfect, for I am perfect. And I told him, I said, well, how is that so if we can't be perfect? And and then, you know, while we were talking, the kid said, well, we can be made perfect, right? And I said, absolutely. You know, and so just that, that one statement caught my attention, you know, about being perfected. You know, when you're in God, he can make you whatever he wants to make you. But when he talks about making you like him, he talks about making you perfect
0: that's right
2: and it's through your obedience that you become perfect in his sight
0: that's right that's right
2: and that's something that kids need to know that they can be perfect
0: that's right you know one one of the definitions of of perfection or being perfect is maturity maturity Mm -hmm. to mature and i think that that's what we're lacking you know especially as men um because we're just stuck in a delinquent mode, um, like Peter Pan just refusing to grow up. Um, want to stay 17, 21, 25, forever. But while we're doing that time, it's racing by at lightning speed. The youth are growing up and they're taking our places. Um, oftentimes it's a, a place of shame, uh, a place of derelict behavior and foolishness. Um, so... Uh, God does want to perfect us. He wants to bring us to a place of maturity that we can really put away the childish things in our thoughts, in our speaking, and in our doing, and to embrace masculinity. And it doesn't have anything to do with how much money I get in my bank and how many women I get sweating me and, you know, my job title and I'm Dr. So-and-so and all. No, it has more to do with if I'm, if I'm a ditch digger, if I'm not making, you know, a year, but I'm a man of integrity. I love myself, I respect myself, and I love my queen, and I love my, my seeds. That is far better in God's sight than a man who's making millions upon millions of dollars hand over fist, but has no integrity. So I think we got this thing real twisted, you know, of what, you know, what is really important and what's not important. The world gives us images, especially as men, what is important. And it gives us, you know, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, the church uh, uh, tells us who to worship, to worship itself as an institution rather than worshiping the God of the institution. The political system tells us who to vote for, be it Democrat or Republican. The fashion industry tells us what to wear, when to wear it, and who to buy it from. So I think that God wants to mature us in such a way that we can be independent thinkers, not independent of his word, but independent of this world, if it doesn't line up with his word. So I think that a lot of the youth, they're really crying out, you know, for that, for that, for, for that male figure that that, that has that, that is not, not perfect as far as being flawless, but just like David, you know, an adulterer and a murderer. But God said, he's after my heart, and I love the man. After all the wicked things that he did, he completely transgressed God's law, knew that he was wrong, continued to cover his tracks, and stayed in his sin, and stayed in his mess, and loved it, until Nathan pointed that out and said, you the man. That's when he got it right. But. I just want the youth to know, and, and, and God's, you know, I, I believe He's really speaking to us as men, that regardless of where we've been and where, and where we are right now, it's time for us to grow up.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. That's real, brother. A bro.
1: Samson, a Samson in you. A Samson yes. in you. I don't even know what to say about the book. <laughs> <laughs> hey Steph, just that, just listening in that is so powerful. Is that more of a challenge and also an educational book? I
0: don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't look at it as being like, a, you know, somewhat like a self-help book, but sort of like a how-to book um, that challenges us. I mean, the, the question in itself is very rhetorical: Is there a Samson in you? And the answer should be a resounding yes. You know, there is a sense in me. There is that strength that only God has given me, that supernatural strength to accomplish only that which I was born to accomplish. Nobody else can do what Greg does, what Brian does, what Ron does, but us. Uh, There's that strength, that strong side of us, but at the same time, there's that dark side. There's that side that nobody else knows about or there's that side that we struggle with. That's that real side. See, that's the side that the church wants to keep quiet. Don't want to see the dirt. Don't want to see the muck and mire. But see, that's the thing that God specializes in, the nasty, low-down side of us. Because it's in that that he shows himself strong. It's in that that he shows himself to be a, not just a transformer, but to reform us. So... I think that there is a Samson in every one of us, you know. There's the good, there's the bad, there's the good, there's the evil, there's the delinquent, and there is the maturity
2: aspect of it. Mm. And I like how you put that, bro. <laughs> See, not just the transformers, but the reformers.
1: Mm. Yes.
2: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. You know, and I, and I think that's just so important that people know that. You know, that God is a transformer. You, once you start dealing with God, you, you, you can't, you couldn't possibly stay the same. Because mm-hmm. if you, it's like this, if you dealing with God, and God is dealing with you, and you staying the same, then you ain't dealing with the God I know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you ain't dealing with the God that I know that can change you. That's right. You know, and, right. you know, if there's people that sit around and they say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I know I, I need to change and, you know, God ain't through with me yet. And, you know, they make up all these reasons and excuses of why they haven't changed yet. You know, and the truth is, you know, if you still doing the same thing you were doing five years ago, you know, three years ago, two years ago, and you keep saying, well, God ain't through with me yet, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it ain't that He ain't through with you yet. It's that you not, you haven't allowed Him to change you.
0: Right.
2: You know, you haven't really started dealing with him yet. You know, Mm -hmm. he's sort of an acquaintance versus being your ruler, versus being your Lord and Savior. You know, because if he's going to save you, then you save from that foolishness. You know, you don't have to deal with those people. You don't have to deal with those situations. You know? I mean, that's just my opinion. Everybody's entitled Mm -hmm. to it. You know, I, I just truly believe that. You know, that if you actually are putting your hand... In God's hand and putting your trust in him, then the thing that you you know, you shouldn't have to deal with the same stuff the same way you know that's right that's right
0: you know paul Paul said it best because what you're saying is is, is dead on the money you know um salvation um in its proper context means deliverance, and Paul said that we serve a God who has delivered, does deliver, and will yet deliver. So that means that salvation is not just a one-time experience at the altar, in the crack house, in the jail house, wherever we receive Christ. But it's an evolution of man that takes place. Uh, being uh, saved, being saved, and will continue to be saved, delivered. And so um, this is the aspect that, that 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 we allow God to do. I mean, this is the reason why, you know, when, when Jesus asked Peter, said, who do men say that I am? Now, let's get personal. Let, let, let's cut through all this church stuff. Mm-hmm. Y'all been rolling with me for a minute, you know, signs and wonders, you've seen them. You've even wrought a few, at, you know, by your own hands, you know, um, casting out devils. You know, you, you know how to do that yourself. Now, let's cut through all this church drama. Who do men say that I am? you know people say you know jeremiah elijah you know even john the baptist raised from the day okay now let's make it personal now okay it that's nothing to do with bible study has nothing to do with foot washing has nothing to do with uh friday night praise and worship or inter- intercessory prayer now who do you say that i am don't ask the bishop nothing but who do you say that i am so this is a personal thing and i think that that God wants to get so up close and personal with us and in us that we will be able to, to reveal something that flesh and blood doesn't even relate to us, doesn't even relate to us, and that is you are the Messiah. You are Rabbonah. You are Yeshua HaMashiach. You are the Messiah to come. And so that's why he said flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Why? Because not only do you know of me and known by me, but you know me. Mm-hmm. And so, not only do you believe, believe me, but you believe in me. Everything that I am, you have adopted as your own. Everything that, that, that I stand for is now your standard. So this is, this, I think that when we take that approach, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, will we have our struggles? Absolutely. As long as we're in this flesh and blood, uh, body, you know, uh, but, but I think that there's some struggles that don't even have to be a struggle no more. When we first, when we believe in Him, when we allow, uh, uh, you know, Christ to become so real in us. Mm-hmm. Not in the stuff that we do, but, but, but who we actually evolve in, evolve to, and who, who, who we actually become, because we have the hope of glory on the inside. And we will allow Him to have free reign in us.
1: That's so powerful, brother. I tell you what, that's powerful. Let me ask you this, and I know a lot of people are just waiting to hear this. Purpose. Purpose. When did you know your purpose? I knew my purpose when I was,
0: uh, hmm, I think perhaps around between five and seven years old. But I ran for like. 25 years, 25, 30 years, I mean, just running from, you know, my purpose uh, because I, I, I wanted nothing to do with ministry. Um, I was like, you know, God, you made a mistake. I mean, he has got to be somebody else name wrong, you know, last name Roseboro. in this, you know, in this United States that you selected, you know, and, and you got me twisted with somebody else. But um, I knew my purpose when I, when I was a child. Um, I knew it was something different about me. Um, I just wasn't a normal child, and um, everybody could tell it. I mean, I'll stick out like a like a black panther at a um, at at a rock concert (laughs) or a country western concert. I just stood out. Um, and, and so, but I but I never would fully embrace it because my fear was that I didn't. First of all, I didn't want the responsibility of ministry. Second of all, it was not the plan for my life. I mean. My plan was to be an entertainer. My plan was to, you know, either be a rapper or a singer. That was my thing because I did it so well, and that's how I flowed. But those were just fruits of my – those were just fruits. They're just this little little, a small uh, gift-like fruits that, 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 that were just attached to the branches of me. But the very root and the essence of me was to be the hands and the feet for God and the earth. And so um, – I knew when I was, like I said, between five and seven years old, but I, just, I, I ran and I ran and ran until I just finally got tired of hard times and and, and, and God breaking me down and, and, and just, you know, making a fool out of myself and just, you know, okay, look, I give up.
1: <laughs> I, I think a lot of us do a lot of the running until we just get tired and then we just figure out, you know what? We're running from someone that's trying to help us. We're running from someone that want us to be who he created us to be. And with that being said, I also wanted to, I, I wanted to ask you this question. With all the things that you've gone through in your life, yeah. all the painful nights, all the dark days, all the days of pretty much on the cusp of losing your mind and going absolutely crazy, how right. thankful are you to God for choosing you for such a time as this and and what i mean that is i'm saying how thankful are you for the love for allowing god to choose you out of all the people he could have chosen he chose you to go through what you had to go through
0: you know it sort of reminds me of psalms um eight you know when the question was asked to the lord um who is man that thou art mindful of him and the Son of Man that Thou have visited, you know. Um, I'm very grateful. I don't know why God is so mindful of me. Um, and not just the sins that I've committed in my B.C. era before Christ, but A.C., after Christ. Um, I don't know. His, his grace and his mercy is beyond my, beyond my understanding. Um, it's very humbling to know that the God of the entire universe um, would be so mindful of someone who basically, for the majority of their lives, majority of my life, I ran from him, turned my back on him, had nothing to do with him. I denied him, just like Peter. I betrayed him, just like Judas, but still he would call me friend. That kind of love I don't understand. That kind of love I don't have within me to give, but the more and more I yield to him and the more and more I allow him to have preeminence in my life, then i begin to refract the very light that he shines on the inside of me. So my gratitude is completely beyond words. I don't understand what kind of love this is. I don't understand what kind of patience. And long suffering this is. Um, because I understand that the wages of sin is death. But I'm so grateful that the gift that he gave us um, is eternal life.
1: Powerful, brother. Powerful.
2: Powerful. Wow. Yes, sir. Look, we could end the show right there and <laughs> we wouldn't have to say another word. <laughs> You know, brother, I want to get your opportunity to talk about your book and to talk about some of the things that you have going on.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, um, I have a book uh, that's uh, recently published. It's entitled, Is There a Samson in You? And I'm, I'm taking a look at the life of Samson. I'm drawing a parallel uh, between Samson. I could have chosen any figure in the Bible from Abraham to Jesus. Um that every man can relate to and every woman can relate to because the bottom line is that 85% of the purchasers of my book are, are women, are females, not men. 85%. So that tells me that women are very interested in knowing the real deal and not giving them a nice little church story, a nice little Bible story, Bible verse, but getting, but getting raw and, um up close and personal with truth. And I'm looking at the life of Samson. I'm drawing a parallel between Samson's life and the life of many men today. I'm looking at his his strengths, but at the same time, I'm also focusing on primarily the weaknesses of Samson. Whenever you mention Samson, it's synonymous with Delilah. She was his assigned hitman or hitwoman, rather. She was his assassin that he felt so comfortable in resting in her lap. And so... Uh, but there was a, a life to Samson that got him to Delilah. There were many other type of Delilahs before he got to the ultimate Delilah that took his strength and that uh, uh was responsible for his eyes, his vision being plucked out. And this is the reason why the Bible says uh, without a vision, the people perish. And so I'm looking at the lustful side of Samson, the womanizer. Um, he, you know, and, and how he consumed women, and he was so greedy with it. He had to have more and more and more and more because there was an emptiness on the inside of Samson that only Yahweh could fulfill. But he wanted the gifts of God, but didn't want to serve the God of the gifts. There was an aspect of Samson um, I, in, in chapter two. It's called ride and solo. He had no accountability partners around. I don't know if it's that Samson couldn't trust anybody around him, and sometimes it's very difficult for us to trust our friends and our homeboys because, quite naturally, men can trust women more than we can trust one another wow. because women won't hurt us. They won't stick us up. They won't rob us. They, we can just trust them like that. But with men, you know, we revert back to, well, oh, Dad, he abandoned me and Mom and, and my little brother. Man, I can't trust no man. Or pastor so and so man, I told him my business. He he preaching on me from the pulpit, act like I don't even know he's preaching my business, but he's preaching my business. All he has to do is put my name on it. Hmm. So we've been hurt by other men, and so therefore we withdraw from men, but we cleave to women. No accountability partners, no Nathan in his life uh, like David. Say, you know what? What you doing is so messed up, man. You got a screwed up life, and God saying you need to repent. Because what you're doing is wicked. So wherever there's no prophetic voice, then sin will definitely abound. Uh Samson was caught up in the system. I got a, a chapter called Seduced by the System and, and we always seduced by the system, you know, be it the fashion industry, be it the media, um, telling us what to buy, what to drive, where to live, um uh, the, the right type of woman that we should have on our arm, um, you know you know you got to have six packs or eight pack and I mean so it, we have all these images that bombard us and it lulls us to sleep in the lap of Delilah. see Delilah can be anything whatever Delilah is, it is a stronghold and it 's an assignment from the enemy that is demonic to hinder us from reaching our full potential as men and in maturity, but also to stop us from marrying destiny because we, have, we, we don't just have a date with destiny, but we have a marriage with destiny. We have a purpose to fulfill. So whatever Delilah is, Delilah can be a man, a woman. It could be an ungodly relationship. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be low self-esteem, low self-worth, a distorted self-image. It could be hopelessness, rejection. Delilah comes in many different forms and flavors, but her mission is still the same. That is to keep us uh, 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 spinning our our spiritual wheels going nowhere fast, to keep us from maturity, and to also block us from our marriage with destiny. And so there are many different chapters that get just raw, and I, I, I put myself on blast and talk about some different Experiences that I've experienced in life and, and, and what not because, you know, you know, a lot of single men, they can relate to it. But what if you, what if you married and struggle with lust? What, 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 what if you've been married for a long time and you still got the roving out? Man, she, man, she hot, man. So, so, so these are issues that's, that's so much deeper than lust because there's something there that needs to be fulfilled that lust cannot fulfill. And so I just deal with just raw data and um and, and just and just make it very relevant, not churchy, but very relevant and real because that's how God deals with us. God doesn't have time to you know well I am God, thou art God and will thine come to me. No. Nah. God's like, Look man, get yourself together. Okay. I man, what's up with you? <laughs> that's right. What's really going on?
1: <laughs> that's
0: how he deals with me. He doesn't speak the king's language like the King James Version. He gets real with us. And so God wants us to come to him real and honest. Look, God, I'm struggling in this area. I mean, man, it's about to take me over. I mean, when I, when I would do good, evil's always always there. Man, God, I fell again. Man, I fell again. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so tired of this, God. I need you to do something. When we get real with God, then God will get real with us. And, I, I, you know, I, I defy, I defy the, the, the cliche to say God's help, God will help those who help themselves. If I can help myself, then I don't need God. I am God. But I think that, rather, God will help those who are honest with themselves. God is a God of truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we get truthful with him, you know, we may not, you know, can get truthful with everybody in the church, and everybody should know your business. But when you get truthful with God and when you have one person in your life that will not take your your, your, your weaknesses and blast it on, 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 on an email blast, they won't take your weaknesses and, and, and publish it in the New York Times or, or, or the Chicago Sun, they won't take your business and, and, and plant it or paste it in the church bulletin, but that you can really trust with not only your good stuff, but with your dirty laundry, you own, and, 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 and when we come out of denial, we're on our way to healing and deliverance.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Ronald, we have about two minutes left in the show. We want to make sure that you give out your information, uh, your contact information for speaking engagement, book signings, anything that you have coming up. Uh, just feel free to let people know where they can uh, find your book and where they can find you, and even if they need to, to get in contact with you to, to, for bookings or, or anything, just just give out your information if you could. Okay.
0: Um, yes, you can, you can reach me at, at at my website. It's www.zionspeaks.com, and that's um, speaks ending with a Z and not with the S. That's www.zion.com. S-P-E-A-K-Z, one word dot com um or you can just shoot me an email at zionpoet at yahoo dot com i also have a um a blog that i that i do um um it's, it's pretty much a google blog it's at blogspot um slash um ron roseboro so you can um, look me up on that as well and um so just 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 check me out go to my site um see all the the, the you know the cool things that i'm involved in Um, any type of speaking engagement, anything that I can do to just be of service, because it's really not about me. This thing is so much bigger than me, but it's about just just making a difference. Wherever I step, i got to make a difference, and not just in in, in my strength, but but also in my weaknesses, because it's in my weaknesses that I acknowledge the fact that I need God, that I can't make another step or take another breath without him. So um, just just hit me up on my site. Feel free so that we can connect, and
2: uh, I look forward to it.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you.
2: Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Zion. <laughs>
0: man, thanks so much for having me, guys. I mean, I had a ball, man. It was it was good.
1: Time went yes, by too uh, We had a
2: ball as well, bro. I, I, we enjoyed doing stuff like this. I tell you.
1: Hey, brother! Yeah. Don't now, don't blame me. When you start getting all these emails, and I hey, I did the best I could to cover you, brother. I, I really did. I did. I it's did it's, it's all
0: good. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I, I, can, I,
2: can, I can sift through it. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good term. You can sift through it. Yes, sir. All right. With that being said, we've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we ask that you please come back next Wednesday as we'll have another wonderful and exciting show for you all. We bid you good evening, God bless you, and good night.